The following New Ways to Dream podcast is an interview with Brown County, Wisconsin librarian Mary Jane Herber. Several hours after we recorded this interview, Mary Jane received the 2016 Governor's Award for Archival Advocacy from the Wisconsin Historical Society to honor her four decades of work as a local history librarian and genealogist. Okay, good afternoon. This is John and Robin Boyles of Celebrate Libraries speaking today with Mary Jane Herbert of Brown County Central Library. We're going to be talking about the uh, archives, genealogy, and the collection that they have here in the library. Uh, Mary Jane, thank you very much for taking the time today. appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. I wanted to start off with some profile questions. Um, what I'm interested in what your job title is and what your responsibilities are here at Central. Well, I'm the local history and genealogy librarian. And I do book selection, and I do collection maintenance, and I do with the majority of the difficult reference questions and field um, many questions in terms of Green Bay because it's the oldest Wisconsin European settlement, not city, settlement, and um, in the 1700s, and then, of course, the Green Bay Packers, and um, lots of questions about them. Some days it's like, I should be working for them rather than here, <laughs> but that's okay, and um, um, what else do I do? I do the, um, oh, I do the local history series that we have every fall that we've been doing for 28 years now, and it's somewhere between five and eight programs a year, and we average, oh, 75 people at a session. Um, we pull people in from the State Historical Society. Sometimes we do a lot of local stuff. Um, we've had um, Senator Gaylord Nelson spoke here oh, okay. once during the local history series after he was out of the Senate. Okay. We've had David Marinus, the Pulitzer Prize winner, speak four times. He spoke just last week. Um, of course, he wrote, Lambo, yep, or? no, he wrote about Lombardi. Lombardi. Yeah, he wrote about Lombardi um, back in, I think that book came out in 99. Um and he spoke at the library. That's probably the largest adult program we've ever had because I think there were about 500 people in the building at that oh, time. Yeah, we had to run it. We have 300-seat auditoriums, so then we had closed circuit to a couple of other places in the building at that time. And so we do that. And then um, the Genealogy 101, which we run from, um, it started out as six weeks and about 40 people, and now it's nine weeks and about a hundred people or a hundred and ten people per session and it starts in January towards the end of January and um, runs into March for eight or nine maybe this year we might even add a tenth week and then um, we have some volunteers that do programs after it's over you know there's the initial session and then there's another something on Irish or something on Belgian or something on organization or mm -hmm. Things of that nature. So that's been, I think we've been doing that for, I think it'll be 14 years this year. Great. Coming in 17. So people come in with their questions and they say, I want to locate this person, or did they live no, here? No, not usually. Partly because there's too many people. Sure. You know, and then you, you they, they, they drift off, you know, because some people are interested in Belgian research and some sure. are interested in Irish. So basically focus on um, stuff that, applies whether it's Brown County or La Crosse County or um, Rock Island, Illinois or um, Indiana or wherever, which is basically um, 
vital records, census records, newspapers, um, um, land records, naturalization, court records, and then two on web web-based sources and one on computer database programs for entering stuff. And then we do some in terms of documentation. And, and um, we've kind of come up with a pretty good system for organizations so people can just have a one-inch three-ring binder okay. that they can grab so that they are prepared when they go into, you know, they go mm -hmm. out of town and they're going to a conference someplace and they think, oh, I'm not going to have time. Then they find out that the meeting is at the across the street from the courthouse and they get an hour and a half for lunch mm -hmm. and they don't have their stuff with them because and so we've come up with a pretty good system to be able to allow people to have something and just grab and go out of the house with and have basics for them. You mentioned the volunteers. Um, how many staff members are working here and, and how many volunteers? Well, for for um, for 20 years I was pretty much the only one in the department except a year ago in August um, somebody started part-time and went full-time in February of 2016. Um, and then lots of volunteers. How many uh, volunteers do you have? I have, um, I think about 25. Okay. Um, some, some that just work on the Genealogy 101 in the winter and come in to help with that. It's amazing that you can get people to leave their, be here at 8 o'clock on a Saturday morning when it's cold in the winter and it's, and it's dark mm -hmm. to come in and help with that. But I have about four to six volunteers that will work on those Saturdays because it takes a while to hand out stuff and tell people where sure. they can put their coats and where the restrooms are mm -hmm. and where they can get a library card and all that kind of stuff. And then I have some that are here every single week without fail unless they're going on vacation. And um, I have some people that do uh, data entry even at home. Oh, okay. And um, for some of the indexing we're doing, so we've got, and then we worked on a um, big project with um, LZ Lambo and Wisconsin Public Television. <laughs> that was six years ago last May, where we worked with the libraries and the genealogical societies and the historical societies and a few veteran services officers mm -hmm. in the state. And we looked up all the casualty reports for the 1,244 people that... Um, were casualties in Vietnam. From Green Bay or Brown County? No, or? the whole state, 1,244, whole state. yeah, okay. the whole state. And then it was presented at um, at the LZ Lambo project, which was in conjunction with, Wisconsin, sponsored by Wisconsin Public Television. Were you able to find everyone or most everyone? We found or? the first time through, because we only had, we only worked on it for about three months and I contacted libraries and genealogical societies in other parts of the state, and because I had been on the board of the State Genealogical Society okay. for 30 years, and oh, wow. so I knew a lot of people, mm -hmm. or librarians. So we contacted, and in a lot of cases, they looked up, or maybe they had already looked up the material. And then, um, so they would send this stuff to us, and then we worked on putting it all together. And... Um, it's been, um, we, we just did it for that one one instance, but it's been an, at the state capitol, it's been at High Ground in Nielsville, it's been at um, the Veterans Museum in Oshkosh, it's been down in Sheboygan for a veterans thing a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. it's been here at the library once, we had it up one summer for a couple of months, 
So it's been, we've done about nine different things with it. So it circulated, it was mm -hmm. popular. Yep, and we've gradually been um, finding others. You know, every once in a while we get this spurt. Okay, it's time to get at this again. And, you know, because it's hard to work on something that you're having a lot of trouble with and keep, and then so then you stand back for keep a while. Momentum. Yeah, you stand back for a while and you say, okay, it's time to do this again. Let's see how we can do this time. So um, finding more people or find, presenting it new information. No, finding or, more people because finding. some of the ones now base were maybe um, only in Wisconsin to go to school. You know, they sure. were here for, and then they either quit school or who knows why. But when they were they were here and enlisted or were drafted, it said Milwaukee or Madison or Beloit or Eau Claire. But in reality, their family has never been in Wisconsin, and they aren't buried here in Wisconsin. And so those are tricky to find. Some of it's getting a little bit easier, even than six years ago, in terms of what's out on some of the databases. But we initially did our work because people would come up and say, oh, you got that all off the computer. you know. And we would say, no, it was microfilm. It was that, you know, sitting with the microfilm. But if you've got names and dates and you're a genealogist, you know how to look for that stuff and, you know, where to look and where to dig and all of that you kind of stuff. You develop the patterns, you know what mm -hmm. sources to go yeah. to. Yeah. So those are some of the examples of public requests. You mentioned uh, genealogy. You mentioned some of the, the land people will ask about um, the way maybe land has been used in the past. Well, the land, part of the thing with Brown County is we have, um, because of the early settlement, there's... Um, four places in the state, um, Green Bay and Prairie du Chien and Kokana, and we think there's one or two at Portage now, which have just kind of come up, have been found, or it takes a little work to find these, especially mm -hmm. if, there's, if they're unexpected. Mm -hmm. But anyway, the surveyors, um, the uh, French long lot system, because of the French being settling here and in Prairie du Chien, so early, they used that system, which they used anywhere the, the French settled in North America, in Baton Rouge, and New Orleans, and Detroit, and, of course, Montreal and Quebec. And what it is is basically that everybody has access to the transportation, which is the river, that all the, the plats of land and tracks mm -hmm. and individual lots run back off of the river. Mm -hmm. So we have that system, and then we have the regular rectangular system, and then we have a military, the military reserve because of the Fort Howard being here in Green Bay in 1816. And then we have um, the Williams Grant, which is south of De Pere in the town of Lawrence off the river. And he received, a, uh, Eliezer William received a large plat of land for bringing the Oneidas from New York State. And then there's a few of the Indian claims that are along Duck Creek, too. So, um, so in a, we have four four survey systems, and then the individual Indian claims too. So, hmm. what's the oldest object you have in the collection? Do you know here? Might, yes. Mm -hmm. Well, we have the American State Papers, um, which those land claims had to go through Congress because of the treaties between France and the United States. Mm -hmm. Those go back into the 1840s. Um, and that's an unusual set because I think there were only like 500 sets printed in the country. And we have one of the originals. Um, and then we have, um, we have a lot of the original plat maps. We have original wall map from 1875. We have, um, 
We have an original copy of Waban from 1847, and its original cover, it was never rebound or anything. Um, we have a lot of Packer stuff that's early, you know, some of the um, programs from the old games and sure. stuff. Yeah. Early 20th century? Yeah, yeah, 19, oh, I think they're from the late 20s or 30s. Okay. The other thing we've got, though, that's not really an archival aspect in terms of it, but we've made a point over the years of having every newspaper from Brown County that, that's available on microfilm on, in, in, as part of our collection. Now, I'm not going to tell you there's a one or two reels someplace that I sure. missed in some, but for the most part, it's all here. And um, we've made a point of doing that and keeping it current because um, because this is the Brown County Library. So we've got, we have about, I think, four to 5,000 reels of microfilm. And we have all the censuses for all of Wisconsin, for all counties from 1820 to 1930. We didn't pick up all of the 1940 because it was so expensive, and I couldn't justify spending money on, on Crawford and Grant counties, to be honest, because it's at the opposite end of the state. Mm -hmm. The old library, which was over on Jefferson Street, and I never worked at that library. I worked at the library in De Pere. It was so crowded mm -hmm. that it, I mean, it was just awful. I was in that building once or twice, and once as a patron and once, I think, as a staff member. I can't remember because it's a long time ago. Mm -hmm. But I always described it as everybody was bumping butts in that building because there was no no room between the stacks. Mm -hmm. There was no place for the staff to be have desks even. Sure. And um, so I think maybe in some to some degree that's because they didn't have the room for it. Was that the Kellogg? The or? Kellogg Public Library before it became, you know, the Brown County Library System. Is that, uh, is that building still standing? Yes, it's on uh, on Jefferson Street across from the courthouse at 125 South Jefferson. And it's Jefferson Court now, and it now has primarily law offices, and the federal district court is in that building oh, now. Okay. It's, a, it's a wonderful, I think it's neoclassical mm -hmm. um, building. It's a very nice building, and so it's, it's, uh, it's being used well, but it was, we couldn't have... We couldn't get this, what we have in our collection today, we couldn't get back in that building. There is no way we could. I understand. Yeah, it yeah. just wouldn't work at all because we've been in this building for um, 42 years now. It was 42 years last January, so. Wow. And you've been here 42, I've been, 43? I've been here as long as the, I think I started working as a central library the week after the library opened, the new library mm -hmm. opened. I can't quite remember when. I wasn't here the first day. Thank mm -hmm. goodness it was a zoo. Oh, that must have been something. Well, they did something interesting, though. When they opened the library, and there was a fellow in town that was in marketing and advertising, Charlie Leonard. Mm -hmm. They ran a ribbon cutting. For the ribbon cutting, they ran the ribbon all the way around the building and gave out kids' scissors. Great idea. So everybody could cut a piece of the ribbon and take it home. Momentum. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's a, that's a good idea. That's a good thing to do when you're opening buildings is to make it that that people have parts of that. that um, because, because they're paying for it. We're all paying for it. Well, every taxpayer pays for this building to be in place and maintained and, mm -hmm. you know, staffed and filled up with good books and all of those things. Good. 
So the department, this department is open to the public by appointment? Oh, no. It's no. open 1 to 5, Monday through Saturday. And the winter hours are from Labor Day to Memorial Day. It's 1 to 5, Monday through Saturday, and 6 to 9 on Wednesday evenings in addition to the afternoon. And then in the summer, it's open 1 to 5, Monday through Friday, mm -hmm. Saturday mornings from 9 to 1, because the library is only open from 9 to 1 on Saturdays. And then Wednesday evenings from 6 to 8. And the microfilm is all housed out on the floor so with the microfilm readers so that that, that can be used any time the library is open. You know, when somebody works alone for 20 years, it's hard to keep it all going with all those other things. And so there's, and, and there was a lady in town that was the historian basically before me, in a way. I mean, mm -hmm. you grow into these things. You know, I mean, I when I first was in the job, people would walk in because I was 23, 24, mm -hmm. I don't even remember, mm -hmm. 24, 25. People would walk in and they'd say, we'd like to talk to who's in charge. And I'd say, I'm in charge. And they'd say, no, you're too young. And they, they don't say that anymore, but that was 40 years ago. But she was, um, Dorothy Wittig was a historian for the, uh, did a lot of stuff in terms of old buildings. One, is one of the people that helped to get Heritage Hill State Park established, sure, right. et cetera. And um, when Dorothy died, um, her house was full. I mean, full. And um, so we got a number of her things in terms of newspapers. She cut everything out. She cut out everything in terms of all the different state parks that were, regardless of what their purpose was, mm -hmm. every because of the funding they were looking for for Heritage Hill and a number of things. So a lot of what we got that we're working on in the basement has to do with Dorsey's stuff that she accumulated. Do you uh, do you, do you um, do pieces travel? For loan or exhibitions? No, no, not, not much. I'm not going to tell you we've never sent anything sure. out, but it's pretty unusual. Mm -hmm. We used to make photocopies. You know, most of the time it's for researchers, so we make okay. photocopies and send it out. But an old map, of uh, some um, exhibition in Madison, 19th century map that they well, just got to have or something? I'd be shocked if Madison didn't have something we've got, okay. <laughs> to be honest. Okay. The State Historical Society of Wisconsin is just an incredible source. And um, um, I'd be surprised that, that um, they wouldn't have something, that you know, a second copy. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell you that everything. They might not have as good a bird's eye view map of Green Bay mm -hmm. as we have. But for the most part, they're in pretty good shape down there. So, um, but I'm not going to say that we would never um, share something for a period of time. So you mentioned um, purchasing pieces on occasion when you felt maybe you needed to fill in a series. A lot of things donated. How do things come into your collection? Now? Well, we, we have a budget. And one of the things people expect that we're only going to have stuff on Brown County or Wisconsin mm -hmm. or this part of Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And we have, um, because, because of the interest of the librarians over the years, and basically from 1900 to 1957, there were only two librarians, head librarians. Deborah Martin, whose father was president of the state constitutional convention for the constitution that was accepted, at Morgan L. Martin, and then Sybil Schutte was the librarian following her until 1957. So between 1901 and 1957, there were just two of them for the most part. There might have been a little gap in there, but not much. 
And they were both interested in local history. So the collections, Debbie knew where there were things that people had, like the American State Papers, that land record set. So she would say, wouldn't you like to give that to our library? And so there are things that we have in our collection. We have the um, New England Historic and Genealogical Register back to 1847. I think there are only three full sets in the state that are the original book. And we have one, and Milwaukee Public has one, and the State Historical Society has one. Others have it maybe in microfilm, or they might have parts of it. So we have a lot of stuff on New England. And then I've made a point of buying for the states east of the Mississippi, not so much in the south, but it's harder to find stuff that isn't by county. So we have lots of stuff on Pennsylvania and Virginia and um, Ohio and um, Massachusetts, partly because that was given, that New England Historic and Genealogical Register was given in 1926 by a man from De Pere. And he had a number of other materials so that there's been an... uh, uh, genealogical collection that's been developing over the last hundred years, practically. Mm. And then the county histories, they they picked up county histories where they could. And I found things over the years when they were reasonably priced um, that I was able to add to the collection for county histories of Wisconsin. So we've got a much broader collection than, than Brown County or Wisconsin, even. Lots of material. People are always surprised. And a huge French-Canadian collection. Um, two different From two different individuals. And um, we have 400 volumes of the marriage repertoires, which people don't... Um, the marriage repertoires are for the individual Catholic parishes in Quebec. And they give the name of the people getting married and their parents' names... And then, of course, the church and the date, so that you can, and the maiden names of the wives, the mothers, if they know them, mm-hmm. and the wives. And so, to have four hundred of those, um, if you can hit hit it right, lots of times people can go back three, four, five generations in an afternoon. Like, say, for example, the Grignan. Yeah, the Grignos. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. Uh, that's a little harder because mm-hmm. there's always this discussion about where. Augustine Grignot came from and La Masca in, in Quebec. But Polier and some of the others, it would be pretty easy some to go back. the early names that you would mm-hmm. find in the history books. Yep, yep. It's, it's, um, it's pretty interesting. And there's still a large French-Canadian population in Green Bay. It's just that lots of times it's great-grandparents, mm-hmm. and people don't realize, or they, or, um, well, here's an example. Grignot, which mm-hmm. is G-R-I-G-N-O-N. Yes. Okay, but I have seen lists from, and because of the fur trading, I've seen a cemetery list from La Crosse, mm-hmm. and it says it's G-R-E-N-O. Well, they'd pronounce it, most of us, with Eng, we'd pronounce it Greeno, or we, you know, Green O. Mm-hmm. Well, what it is, is it's, it's Greeno. If you think about G-R-E-N-O, and then you think of Grigno, the way it's pronounced, mm-hmm. versus what the way it's spelled, G-R-I-G-N-O-N. It's the same name. Spelling wasn't standardized. No, no, it's just that. So those people in La Crosse are probably related to some of the ones here in Green Bay. We've spoken of past immigrant groups, whether it might be the Yankee uh, people from the you know, uh, northeastern uh, U.S. or uh, the Dutch or the, or the uh, Belgians, Czechs, mm-hmm. uh, whatever, the French, Canadians. 
Is there a way that you have new new immigrant groups that have come in in the past maybe 30 years or so, the Hmong, the, uh, the Somali, the Hispanic, and, you know, they develop areas where their their housing is and they mm-hmm. develop their businesses pop up. Is there a way that the library is sort of recording the development of of their uh, community in the area? Um, I'd have to say no, okay. not right now. But it's partly because of the staff has been so limited. Mm-hmm. There's a um, there's a great um, group here in Green Bay called Newest. They do great video production, and they've done it out of the university for years. And they've done a lot of things in terms of the Hmong culture and the uh, Hispanic culture in the community. And occasionally I've participated in a couple of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the problems is is when you have a language that does that's a language but not written necessarily very well, mm-hmm. it may be something we'll have time to work on in the future. Mm-hmm. I certainly spend time trying to think about what we should be doing so that 20 years from now when I'm not here, people aren't going, and what did she do? Why didn't she do this? So, you know, we try and keep up, but but it's always um, a matter of keeping up, too, and trying to figure out which those things, where those things are. What's the significance of uh, receiving the governor's award? When I started in this job, I didn't realize to think about it. it, it this is a community of the county's 250,000. I have a Green Bay name because my last name is Herber. That's my former husband's name, but I didn't realize in 1974 how significant it was to have that, to keep that name. I just didn't. Okay, so I have a, uh, a name that's affiliated with the Green Bay Packers okay. from the 30s and 40s. Mm. I'm in a community of 250,000. Mm. It's the oldest European settlement in the state. Mm. The French were here in the 1740s to 60s. And I always tell people, if if nobody knew who I was, then that means I've been sitting in a chair for 30 years collecting a paycheck. <laughs> you know, if the pa- newspaper never calls, if nobody, nobody thinks, you know, oh, they have that at the library, or maybe she'll be able to help me, then that's... That's really the way I feel about it, is it means in a community this size. Now, if it was in Milwaukee or Chicago, that wouldn't be true because it's got so many more resources and places to go, et cetera. But it just hit right. This department opened at the right time because of the bicentennial, because of roots. You know, there are a number of things. The Heritage Festival in 1984, which is the 350th anniversary of Jean Nicolay's landing at Red Banks, being involved with other community projects. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just so people better know that something's going on over here. Yeah. Okay. You know. Thank you so much for You're your welcome. time, Mary Jane. I really appreciate it. This has been John and Robin Voyles of Celebrate Libraries with a New Ways to Dream podcast featuring local history and genealogy librarian Mary Jane Herber of Brown County Library in Brown County, Wisconsin.